Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, March 31st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Former U.S. President Donald Trump has been indicted, and the war in Ukraine is raging on. But one official in Kyiv is dreaming of the future and selling that dream to investors. Ukraine is, uh, is still a country of huge opportunities, and whoever comes first is uh, going to get uh, the most. Plus, we'll get a taste of the FT's seven-month investigation into northern Korean oil smuggling networks. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Donald Trump was indicted by Manhattan prosecutors yesterday. The nature of the charges are not yet public, but he's now the first former U.S. president to face criminal charges. The case comes after a grand jury in New York heard evidence that Trump ordered payments in 2016 to porn actress Stormy Daniels to cover up an alleged affair. Trump also faces a civil case brought by the New York Attorney General's office, and he's under investigation in the state of Georgia over his alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Russia continues its brutal war on Ukraine with no end in sight. Still, officials in Kyiv are pressing ahead with post-war reconstruction plans. The European Commission and the World Bank estimate the cost to rebuild Ukraine will be about $350 billion. I'm joined now by a Ukrainian official who has the job of attracting investors for a future rebuild, Deputy Minister of the Economy Alexander Gribon. Thanks so much for joining us. Hello. So, Alexander, what are you doing to reassure investors that they'll get a return on their investment? In particular, we are actively exploring the route of the war risk insurance or political risk insurance. So the way to do this, to set up the special trust fund, which uh, will be filled in by the, essentially by the donations or like very cheap and long loans provided by our partners, primarily the G7 countries. This trust fund will serve as the first loss guarantee for the reinsurance of the risks of those operators that's going to be providing such a service, such a policy. So that's one key concern that you're addressing. Another is the possibility of corruption. And in the past, Ukraine has had a reputation for corruption. Has that come up in talks with investors? And and how do you respond? It is one of the core uh, points of the discussion all all the time. And uh, recently, you you could have noticed that anti-corruption infrastructure is actually strengthened. But at the same time, we want to create the infrastructure together with donors as well and, and the rules of the game, the preventive measures, they would not even enable uh, the, the potential corruption. So, for instance, that's where, where we're discussing a very uh, clear and transparent procurement platform and instrument that could be based on the World Bank procurement system, uh, slightly updated. Uh, so we, we it is in our interest to give the maximum comfort to the donors and also to take the responsibility off of us. So far, who's signed up to invest in the reconstruction of Ukraine? Well, mostly these are international players that were already present in Ukraine or those that were considering Ukraine uh, but stopped considering because of the war. But now when they see that these uh, financial instruments becoming available for them, they actually start 
getting into due diligences and the audit processes. So uh, we do see that uh, the process is moving. But have any new international investors signed on or, or made commitments? No, no such cases so far, but we, we know that they are considering, that they are already studying the opportunities and uh, the investment process is basically very time and effort uh, consuming. So we just encourage the investors to approach us, to explore the opportunities, to see what is there. And uh, we have really a lot to offer with the decent return rates. And uh, once this war risk insurance is there, you're pretty much safe. Alexander Gruban is Ukraine's Deputy Minister of the Economy. Thanks so much, Alexander. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Now for some perspective on this ambitious project. I'm joined by the FT's Europe editor, Ben Hall. He's in London and just got back from Ukraine this week. Hey, Ben. Hi. So you've reported on reconstruction. You've also met Gruban. You know, what do you think after hearing our interview with him? I think what's really striking is the extent to which he and the Ukrainian government are still pushing at this juncture for foreign investment to come into the country because to many people it seems quite unrealistic. Frankly, the war is rumbling on, the economy's in a bit of a mess. It doesn't seem to me to be the right time to be pushing for fresh inward investment, but they are very anxious to try and kickstart some projects that will drive growth and maybe instill a bit of confidence in the Ukrainian economy. So what do you make of Ukraine's efforts to reinsure investors? Well, what Griban and colleagues are trying to do is persuade international financial institutions and the big donor countries to put together a a fund that would, I think, in effect, buy uh, reinsurance so that inward investors would be covered for war risk uh, damage, damage to the facilities, damage to to their staff, damage to lost business. And of course, it pays to to get in early uh, when assets are cheap. I think Quite possibly what, what will happen in the in the shorter term is it will be domestic investors who will start to invest again, who know the country best and who can see the real uh, opportunities. And obviously, if they can benefit from uh, some kind of international reinsurance scheme, that could help get capital flowing uh, domestically, which would also help quite a lot in the short term. Are Gribon and his colleagues on a fool's errand? I don't think it is a fool's errand because I think you will find foreign companies that will want to get in on the game quite early. But it, as ever, it's going to be a question of timing. And I suppose what he may he may take the view that you know investment projects will take months, if not years, to come to fruition. Let's get the ball rolling now. And I think it's also about sending a message of. Uh, kind of resilience, essentially, to the outside world, that they're thinking about a long-term prosperity and development of their country and not just short-term survival. Ben Hall is the FT's Europe editor. For the past seven months, FT correspondents have been investigating how North Korea's been smuggling oil into its country to support its military and nuclear weapons program. A video of their investigation just dropped on FT.com. Gangsters. Ghost ships. Oil traders. 
That's the FT's Christian Davies. He's one of the correspondents on the report. What's so brilliant about this story is we don't just tell you about it, we show you. We show you the route of the ships that go from Chinese waters, pick up oil from intermediary ships that have come from a port in Taiwan, and then sails up the coast and into North Korean waters. Not only do we show the ship going to North Korean waters, but actually we have satellite images showing the cargo being unloaded into North Korea and even being transported to a military training ground outside Pyongyang, being used to fuel trucks, which then go to a military parade in Pyongyang. Christian and his colleagues also uncovered a cast of colorful characters. A gold trader from Hong Kong, a racing car driver from Macau, a gambling tycoon associated with the triads. We show you that they were business partners. And we also show you documentation which is incredibly rare, which is showing that a North Korean national, we even have his passport number, and showing that this is part of a very complex series of networks which bind Chinese criminal gangs to North Korea and its oil procurement and wider financing operations. And it confirms what many people have suspected but haven't necessarily been able to expose to the degree that we have this week. That's the FT's sole correspondent, Christian Davies. The FT's investigation into North Korean oil smuggling was done in collaboration with the Royal United Services Institute. In our show notes, you'll see the links to the visual story as well as a video. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.